good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Great to have you in the podcast today. How is your anchor holding? Is it still gripped firmly to the unchanging Word of God? A brand new podcast week this week. I'm so glad that you allowed me into your life and uh, to uh, give you a challenge and hopefully an encouragement in your walk with the Lord. And I'm glad that you're here. Thanks so much for listening. The podcast continues to grow and people from frankly, all over the world are listening to this, and all glory to God for that, because hopefully we're reaching people. Uh, I'm able to challenge them in their walk with Christ and confront them with their knowledge of the Lord, and hopefully it will deepen and become richer as the time goes by. Please let me just add here that I don't want this to be a substitute for your personal walk with God, your devotional time, uh, the time that you focus on your walk with the Lord uh, I want to just make sure that to make that statement that I never want this to take the place of your personal reading of Scripture and how the Lord challenges you. I just intend for this to be a, a, a complimentary thing, uh, an addendum to your own walk with God so that you can uh, hopefully maybe think of some Scriptures in a different way than Uh, and meditate on those things that will help you to learn better. So anyway, thank you so much for being a part of Holding Fast, and uh, we'll continue on this journey together as time goes by. I'm creeping up on the 300th uh, podcast episode, and uh, I can't believe it's gone by like it has. It's been so quick and been able to share just some things that God has ministered to me. And uh, so thank you so much for being here and being part of that. Uh, this week, we of course, is the week after uh, Thanksgiving itself, when normally our Christmas celebration and Christmas thoughts start ramping up. I have already begun a preaching series from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, leading up to that Christmas time, that Christmas celebration of our Lord's birth. And uh, so I am excited about it. I always enjoy uh, preaching this time of the year because it's a time full of hope. It's a time full of uh, blessing that we, as we think about what God has done for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. Well, today we're going to actually turn my attention. I'm going to be looking at a passage of Scripture that was a ministry of our Lord actually at the end of His ministry. And I want to take some time to meditate on this today. It's from the book of John, Gospel of John, chapter 12. And in John chapter 12, the Lord is literally coming to the end of his ministry. I know there's 21 chapters in the book of John, but John is primarily taking up the topic of our Lord's passion, our Lord's suffering. As a matter of fact, a large part of the book is donated, excuse me, donated, is designated as a uh, a time to study one week in the ministry and in the life of Jesus our Savior because that was the momentous week uh, of his existence. It was the reason for which he came. And so John spends a great deal of time talking about this. But in chapter 12 of the Gospel of John, just before he is about to go uh, into his suffering and his passion, all of the things that are taken up with that, with he, he's had his triumphal entry already, and pretty soon he'll be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and the fake trial will begin, the interrogation, and all of the accusations and things that go on in the Lord's life. Jesus was not blindly stumbling through life trying to discover who he was. He wasn't groping along, just saying, oh, well, I guess I'll go with plan B instead of plan A. No, plan A all along uh, was to die on the cross for the sins of humanity. And Jesus leaves us with a 
uh, I think, instructive teaching here in chapter 12 of John. He literally says in chapter 12 and verse 23, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come. Interestingly, in the grammar there, it literally means the hour has come and it's going to stay here. In other words, there's no going back now. Uh, the end has come. The time has come for all things to come to pass. So he says, The hour is come and the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So then in those couple passages of Scripture, couple verses, you have literally Jesus' last public teaching prior to his death. Yes, there are going to be times when he privately has his disciples and he's going to be teaching them. But in terms of reaching out to the public and open-air preaching and, and teaching the people, this is the very last time that he will address people. And it's remarkable that in this passage, Jesus uses an analogy regarding his own life. And what he teaches there is that the way to fruitfulness lies in death. In other words, the seed can't, can't uh, produce except it does die in the ground. And that's a general truth that refers particularly to our the, Lord, the life of our Lord, that he would die, and as a result of that, there would be great, great uh, a harvest that would come as a result. And then in verse 25, he gives uh, more or less a particular uh, application to those of his disciples that were listening that day. So after he says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He says in verse 25, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Wow, that's a verse with a lot of great truth to be unpacked there. What Jesus is simply saying, he that loveth his life. In other words, an attitude that, or a viewpoint of life that sets no store, no value to this life in itself, uh, is the life that is going to be uh, valuable and worthy of living. The man whose priorities are right, that are God's priorities, that God's will is his will, that the things that God values is what he values. Uh, the man who has those kinds of priorities as an attitude uh, and, and literally just has a love for God that supersedes anything that this world would have to offer. Because this, well, let's face it, this world has all kinds of uh, of attractions and uh, shiny, glittering things that it dangles in front of your face that says, well, if you got this, then you're going to be gratified. You're going to have satisfaction. Uh, and it doesn't matter what the will of God is. If you have these things, you're successful. That's what the world wants to say. Loving that kind of life is another name for a spirit of selfishness. And that's what's contrasted here. Uh, a selfishness that's unwilling to be spent for any other reason except on self. The enjoyment and pleasure and self-aggrandizement uh, and building, one, building each other up. That's the opposite of what it says in verse 25. He that loveth his life, this existence, what this world has to offer, the Bible says, shall lose it. Jesus goes on to say, though, he that hateth 
his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Now, those are pretty strong terms. But what he's simply saying is that if I have a love for the things of God, if I take interest in the things that matter to him, uh, in comparison, it would look like I hate my life. It would look like that I just have no use for this existence. And Jesus is saying that, but he also says that, uh, that if I hate this life in this world, I will keep it unto life eternal. Loving those things of God, loving those things that are true and dependable and reliable and trustworthy, those are the things that I value. And if I value that, God says that will lead to eternal life. And then Jesus ends with this, and I'll end with this too. He said in verse 26, and I want you to pay particularly close to this this morning. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Can, can I just stop there and just point out to you? I want you to notice that the uh, first person personal pronoun is used a lot in this verse. Let me read it again. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now, here's the outcome. The outcome of this kind of attitude in life is that there will be eternal life. And that eternal life is connected most intimately with a personal relationship to Christ. That's why the first person personal pronoun, that he's saying that if you want eternal life, if you want the things that really matter and what are going to really last, then you make sure that your relationship with me is on that personal basis. So today, let's ask the Lord to give us a love for the things of God. Let's ask Him to help help us to value the things that are going to last for eternity instead of those things that the world has as temporary little band-aids to try to give us some idea that if we just advance ourselves, then we're going to do better. I want to challenge you today. Pause, pray, and say, Lord, give me a passion for the things that you care about. And when you do, the Bible says, instead of losing your life, you just found it. God bless. Walk